I'm Helen McDonald, Assistant Editor at BMJ. I'm now joined by Corrado Barbui, Associate Professor of Psychiatry at the University of Verona in Italy, to talk about his new paper on the WHO Essential Medicines List. Hi Corrado, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you, thank you. Could you start by telling listeners what the WHO Essential Medicine List is? Essential means uh, that these medicines should represent the minimum medicine uh, need for a given healthcare system. Mm-hmm. So, so this list does not include all medicines, the latest. It's the minimum requirement. And this is, uh, is on the basis of some, uh, of some indicators which include uh, efficacy mm-hmm. and comparative efficacy, mm-hmm. safety, and uh, then there's a, also an issue with the resource use, cost, uh, and availability. And uh, another one is uh, that essential medicines should uh, uh, be focused on public health needs. Can you give us a couple of examples of, of some old favorites on this list? Well, in the list, there are uh, medicines uh, such as uh, amoxicillin, uh, diazepam, or uh, haloperidol, which uh, yeah. the list was uh, first issued in 1977. And after that, uh, it has been uh, regularly updated uh, uh, every, every two years by a WHO expert committee. And it sounds like a powerful list. So once you're on this list and awarded status of being an essential medicine, that, that that's going to ensure worldwide coverage to some extent. Yeah, yes, it is a powerful tool. It is a powerful tool, although countries are not bound to the list. But, but still, uh, it has been considered a sort of a model list, a model starting point for uh, countries uh, that uh, want to develop uh, their own list of uh, essential medicines. So, so yes, uh, the, the impact of the list has been uh, remarkable. Hmm. And how does it work? How, how does a medicine become listed as essential? What's the process? Uh, right. Now, the process is, uh, let's say, application-driven. So applications are documents that are submitted to WHO, uh, uh, supporting, for example, the inclusion of a new medicine. And this WHO expert committee, together with uh, external assessors, uh, review these applications, and then they take a decision based on these review uh, on whether a new medicine should be included or not. And you, in this article, have looked at a proportion of the essential medicine list. So you've looked at the medications that have joined the list under the umbrella of mental health. Tell yes. us a bit about what you wanted to do here and what you found. Yes, yes. Basically, we wanted to check how applications were drafted. So what we have done is uh, taking the example of medicines for psychiatric disorders, we uh, systematically checked, uh, let's say, the quality of these applications from 1977 to 2013. Mm -hmm. We analyzed 14 applications 
and uh, basically we highlighted let's say three main critical uh, issues one is that only a minority of applications were based on a systematic review of the evidence base hmm. which is uh, a major issue second these applications uh, only in a minority of cases uh, included a systematic assessment of the quality of uh, the evidence. So if quality is not taken into account, uh, then it is possible to take uh, wrong decisions. And the third issue was that uh, rarely these applications reported in a very clear way the overall magnitude of effect of the new treatments against, for example, nothing, placebo, or against, for example, other medicines that uh, are already on the list. So basically what we found is that these applications do not have all the relevant information that is needed to take uh, an informed decision. And in fact, you found that most of the applications were rejected by the committee. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And what it, what it was not that clear for us is whether these new drugs were rejected because these uh, drugs uh, didn't add anything new or rather because the quality of the application was so low that it was not easy it was not possible to take a decision hmm. that was very unclear although who uh, do report a sort of uh, summary statement uh, of uh, the grounds uh, on which they took the decisions it, it was not easy to really understand uh, the the background logic and you and your team have put some thought into how this process might be better what would you do if you were the WHO designing this process? Yes, this is a, this is a, a, a big a big issue. One thing which is quite easy to do is to improve the WHO application template. This 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 template could use, for example, some tools that are available that are now used to better describe the evidence base, the quality of the evidence, and also the overall effect of a treatment. So this is a, a first thing the WHO might want to implement. And obviously the second is to be very strict in accepting applications because what we found is that uh, currently the applications uh, do not follow the WHO template. And then there's a more general issue that we raised, which is uh, what is the WHO vision in terms of how the uh, essential medicine list should be developed. Does WHO want to sit there and just wait and assess the application received? But, but uh, with this possibility, it is possible that uh, new medicines that are a real added value 
are not uh, included because no application have been received by WHO, for example. Or rather, WHO may decide to be more proactive, trying to have a sort of a vision, a strategic plan for further developing the list of essential medicines. Mm -hmm. I think another issue you raised was considering how how new medicines might compare to other medicines on the list and whether over time, if a new medicine comes along, an older medicine might be removed from the list so that the list was edited. Yes, yes. This is another, another interesting point because the final aim is not to have a very long and comprehensive list of all possible medicines. The concept of being essential should be kept. And so, and so having new medicines, there's an issue of comparing what is new with what is old and see what is best. Uh, uh, in terms of the criterion of being really essential. And finally, you touched on a broader discussion, not just about the process or what WHO were doing and what the applicants were doing, but all the people involved around the edges, politics, lobbying, economics, all these other issues that might be affecting decisions, what makes it into the application stage, those types of things. Can you say anything about them? Yes, yes. Again, this is uh, an issue considering the process is application dr driven. And so, and so it is not that clear from outside to have a sort of uh, broad picture of uh, all the uh, drivers uh, for applications because there are many different uh, stakeholders uh, uh, who may be uh, involved. There are uh, doctors, there are policy makers, there are uh, patient organizations, there are family organizations, there are mm, drug companies uh, which may have an economic interest in having their drugs into the list. And this is not uh, uh, clearly reported. It's not that clear how the process uh, is actually organized around all these drivers. And so, uh, although it's not that easy to completely uh, report all these aspects, uh, we raised the issue of trying to, uh, uh, to report as much as possible all these uh, aspects into, into the system, into the process. If you would like to read the article, it's now available on thebmj.com.